Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100. Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave. Review. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up Show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, my friend? How are you? Good. Um, just finishing up work, bro. We'll get off in like 15 minutes, and then my weekend starts. Very nice, my friend. Very nice. Uh, what's going um, on? Hey, but what? Uh, nothing. No, you know, no. <laughs> actually, something kind of big before I ask you a question about uh, media days, if you don't mind. 
Yeah, go ahead. I got some. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If she, I saw my. You saw my comment. I got some. Uh, I guess great personal news to share. Go ahead. Um, so this week I went and looked at uh, an apartment here in Rock Hill because mm-hmm. I've been wanting to move out of my parents' house for a little bit while, and I was just mm-hmm. kind of been looking for the right place. So we have this place in Rock Hill. It's across from some soccer fields. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can play soccer all the time. But uh, cut, cut, cut to the point, but um, we went and looked at it. I thought about it for a few minutes at home the other day, and we started the process. Dude, I would say Tuesday or Wednesday. I think it's probably Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I can't remember, honestly. But um, so we started the process. Um, and actually, we uh, I got approved uh, yesterday, and I will be moving in Monday. That's awesome, man. Congratulations, John Edward. Love to hear that. Seriously, congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. Big You're time. Like, thanks. Thanks, bro. I even told my I told my mom, my parents this. I'm like, look, when I say it like this, when I say I want to quote get out, it's not coming from a, you know, like you know, mean saying mean tone or anything. It's just you know, mm-hmm. at this point in my life, I'm like, you know, when I take it out, I'm gonna, you know, it's not taking a shot at my parents or anything. But uh, yeah, that was the news, and uh, yeah, I'll be uh, I'm gonna go home and take some boxes here home from work and start putting some stuff in boxes. I love it, man. That's awesome. I, I know moving sucks, but uh, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Well, but you know, but still, it's exciting. It's um, so very me, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, bro. Um, taking a step in my life, but uh, I'm ready for it. But um, I think moving there will help me take other steps in my life. I'm not going to go into detail, but you know. Um, so let me ask you: um, if you could, I know you were there what four or five days. There were four days of media days. What would you say? was your I mean I said I know it's a Gamecock show and everything but uh, outside of Shane Beamer you've got to ask questions to what other coach outside of Shane Beamer was your favorite coach you got yeah and by the way John Edward I'll say this it's it's a Gamecock show but I mean I've, I've been leaning if you can't yeah. tell a lot more to the SEC content lately so we can talk all SEC yeah. football I'm more than happy to do so and of course yeah. I talked right. media days yeah. all week long in the podcast and broke down every team so feel free to not just you but anybody else to ask any SEC questions uh so i think your question yeah. was what who is my favorite coach that i heard from at scc Media's besides shane beamer yeah. is that the question mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so and, and to answer your question too it was six coaches that i i got to ask questions to uh mm-hmm. brian kelly of lsu zach arnett of mississippi state billy napier of florida uh who else shane beamer of course of south carolina um who am i forgetting who am i forgetting my goodness mm. um not <laughs> kiffin I already mentioned Arnett. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Why am I drawing a blank here? I genuinely don't know why. Oh, Mark Stoops of Kentucky, and then there was one more. Um, and Oh, and then Clark Lee of Vanderbilt, of course. Say the best for last. My favorite coach that I heard from not named Shane, not named Shane Beamer. You know, I, I'll say this. I, I love listening to Kirby Smart. I feel like he's a guy that – you know, talking football, he's one of the most motivational coaches out there. I mean, he's a guy that listening to him speak, you want to run through a brick wall. You know, my guy, J.D. Pakelevon 3, said it best that Kirby Smart's a guy, when you hear him speak, you, you learn life lessons, right? I mean, he's a guy that talks about leadership. He talks about being a co- competitor. He talks about being a winner. You know, I love their mantra for the season, better never rests. You know, I know that people were expecting the media to grill him about the stuff going on off the field. And I think he got one question about that from Pat Forty. I was surprised there wasn't more, but – you know, Kirby Smart's a guy who wanted to talk football. And, you know, I, you can say what you want about the off-the-field stuff, and I'm not condoning any of it right with the street racing and two people died and, and the other stuff going on. But when it comes to on the field, 
he's one of the best, if not the best coach in college ball. I'd probably say right now he is the best coach in college ball, better than Nick Saban because of what they've done the past two years. So Kirby Smart was was one of my favorites for sure. Um, I like listening to Mark Stoops. Like I said, I'm I'm stock up now a little bit more so. And not saying, like, does that mean that I'm changing my record predictions or, you know, I, I pick South Carolina to finish third in the SEC East. I'm not changing that, but I feel better about Kentucky leaving SEC media days. And I think a lot of it was because of Mark Stoops. I loved what he had to say about getting back to physicality and being a more physical football team. Felt like they they lost that a season ago. You know, we highlighted, of course, uh, the wide receiver group to me, the question, which I appreciate Coach Stoops doing that. Um, you know, talk Devin Leary, Liam Cohen, you know, also the defensive side, again, getting back to stopping the run and being more physical. So, you know, I liked what he had to say as well. So those were the two that really, really jumped out to me. And they were there were others as well. I mean, I, I love Clark Lee, man. I think Clark Lee is a – he, he may not be one of the best coaches in the SEC, but he is a great fit for Vandy. And I, and I just really, I really respect the heck out of the way he says, hey, five and seven is not good enough. Like, that, that's not our standard. We want to be the best program in the country. Like, I, I understand it's Vandy, but, like, carrying yourself with that type of attitude and that type of mentality, like, I really respect the heck out of that. So, those are some of my favorites. Um, you know, I, I'd say the only coach that I really – you know, I, I admittedly did not get to sit in there for Josh Heupel because I was busy doing radio stuff after the South Carolina after Shane Beamer spoke. The only coach that I really didn't, even Billy Napier, I enjoyed more than others. I mean, he was kind of dull, if you will, but got to ask him a question, which was really cool. Got to shake his hand, by the way, in the hallway also. That was a really neat experience. But Lane Kiffin, I, I mean, it's kind of like what Jake Crane was just saying, man. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, Lane looked rough. I mean, he just – Looked like he had just tied one on the night before down in Broadway in Nashville. And I, I I don't know what that was. And the media's questions were made me want to rip my hair out when like all they wanted to ask was about NIL and his thoughts on it. And I, under, I understand Lane Kiffin's always good for a sound bite, but I'm sitting there like, I want to talk football. Like, let's talk about his quarterback room. Let's walk, let's talk about Quinshawn Judkins at the running back position. Let's talk about that defense. Uh, you know, so I, Lane Kiffin was the one that probably for me did the least. But uh, I, I'd say Kirby, Mark Stoops, and uh, Clark Lee were, were, were my standouts, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I think all the coaches did pretty well. Yeah. I, uh, I saw that the um, division order, the predicted division order came out today. And that might really surprise me because I was talking about with somebody, especially that it's not a question, it was not really a thought about the Eastern Division. Because with it being Georgia, Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri, Vandy. I mean, that that didn't really shock me. Um, but in the West, I'm just like a couple of things kind of stood out to me in different ways. I still have LSU winning the West because I just I know look doubt Nick Saban at your own risk. Mm-hmm. People have done that before, but I just I've all the question marks Saban's had in the past. At Alabama, this is like the biggest one he's ever had, mm-hmm. and just I think. I don't know, is what people give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know, but I mean, like you said earlier, LSU's got so much coming back. And so seeing LSU not pick to win the West was really shocking. And then seeing Mississippi State put what finished last in the division. Mm-hmm. And I know some people, you, you have picked Mississippi State to beat us at home, but it didn't like, I'm in the middle, dude, because seeing Mississippi State since this last, I guess, didn't surprise me, but it didn't shock me a little bit. But kind of shocked me, but didn't surprise me. Because seeing these people pick Mississippi State since this last, I think people did that because 
people don't know what they're going to be without yeah. Mike Leach. Yeah, that, I mean, you know, I, I think picking, it, I think picking Mississippi State to go to finish seventh is kind of the. It's just the low-hanging fruit because of the unknowns. You know what I mean? What, what is Zach Arnett going to be? Is he really the long-term answer for Mississippi State? Um, he's in a really tough situation, obviously following the passing of the late great Mike Leach, and nobody really knows what they're going to be on the offensive side under Kevin Barbe. So it, it's, you know, it's one of those situations where mm-hmm. I think they're just the easy pick to put in that seven spot. I, I'm not – listen, I'm not totally stunned – that Alabama was picked to win the West, I'm surprised because based off the conversations that I had with folks at SEC Media Days, it mm-hmm. felt like LSU was the consensus. But I, I will say this. I will say this. If Alabama figures it out at quarterback, we're having a totally different combo. If, if they find a yeah, quarterback, we're having a much different conversation because they do get LSU at home. And I think that's the big kicker for a lot of people already. So – you know, in Alabama, the way they recruit, man, they, they didn't stop recruiting at a top five, top three level. Like, they, they still have one of the mm-hmm, best yeah. rosters. Like, you look at their roster, top to bottom, you go position by position. Again, I like LSU. One of the reasons I like LSU, I think they are extremely talented, right? I, I, I love what they have on the offensive side with Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors, and they picked right. up Diggs from the portal. Their running game is a question, but I like what Diggs provides them there. Their offensive line – you know, defensively, they got Mason Smith returning up front. They got Harold Perkins at linebacker spot, who maybe is the best defensive player in college ball. Their secondary is somewhat of a question, but they are they're 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 starting twenty two is as talented as anybody in college football. The questions start to come when it comes to depth, and I still think Bama and Georgia have more depth than a team like LSU. You've heard Brian Kelly even mention that, saying, you know, we're we're run, we're one recruiting class away from really competing to win the national Mm -hmm. title, although, of course, that will be their standard and their goal this year. So, But, you know, with all that being said, I like LSU's talent. I also picked LSU to win the West because of Alabama's question marks. A lot of it has to do with Mm -hmm. the question marks on Alabama. That's really what it is. And I have a hard time figuring out how is Alabama going to take a step forward and be a better team without Bryce Young and Will Anderson and, and and with major serious questions at quarterback. They're going to lose to Texas. Like, Bama's going to lose to Texas. Unless they find a quarterback quickly, they're going to lose to Texas in week two. I, I just – Quinn Ewers, that group from Texas, they are – they are. I, I think they're a team that could fight for the playoff. I think they're going to beat Alabama straight up. Now, we'll see what happens after that. But, you know, if that quarterback position's unsolved and none of those guys have really emerged, I mean, I think you could see the quarterback battle at Bama going into the middle of the season. And that's just not a recipe for great success in the SEC. So – um, LSU is my pick. I, you can convince me Alabama because they're still one of the most talented rosters in college football, but um, I just think they have more question marks in LSU right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I mean, it's just like this. I mean, I don't know if it's because Alabama fans have been spoiled, but I mean, you look at the past and I'll let you go. But um, in the, I mean, look who they've had. I mean, they've had Bryce Young, number one pick, and it's just before Bryce. Matt Jones, what do you say about him in the pros now, but still won the mm-hmm. championship. Tua, uh, who's before Tua? I can't remember who's before Tua. And they've got like Mac Jones, I believe. I think it was Mac Jones before Tua. Mac Jones was after Tua. Uh, uh, after Tua, okay. He was after Tua, yeah. He was after Tua, yeah. I can't remember who was before Tua, but um, yeah, but um, I remember Jalen Hurts. Yeah, might was Jalen Hurts. That makes sense, but uh, yeah, um, well, anyway, I'm gonna get out of here, but um, my five minutes left in my work day, but um, hey. Glad you had a great week in Nashville. It looked like it. 
Yeah, man, it was a blast. It was a blast for sure. Um, really enjoyed it. And, you know, it's funny. I, I, I don't want to flex here, but humble brag, because I'm just looking back at my predictor order to finish that I submitted. I nailed the East pick for pick. Georgia, Tennessee, Carolina, Kentucky. I actually had Florida in the five spot, Mizzou in the sixth, and Vandy seven. So, what do you know, man? The media, I guess, agreed with me. But, uh, no, nah, man, I mean, listen, the experience was – it was incredible uh, to, you know, talk to the coaches and players were really cool and everything. Don't get me wrong. That was awesome. But um, but to get to meet and interact with the best of the best in the space was was a blessing, truly. Something I'm grateful for and I'll take yeah. with me. And uh, I'm looking forward to going back to Dallas next year and let, let's run it back. So really exciting yeah. stuff. John Edward, I appreciate the call, man. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah same, dude. All right, see you, bro. Have a good weekend. Take care. Good stuff. Great stuff from John Edward here on this Friday. Guys, let's get back into or let's get to your YouTube questions here. Um, let's see. Jeff Gullett says, I try to keep up with all the shows you were on. I think I got to listen to all of them. Jeff, we were on a ton. So if you were able to listen to all of them, kudos to you. And, and I'm impressed, truly. Um, we went on a pair of Arkansas shows yesterday. We were on with Mark Rogers yesterday, the fan upstate yesterday, WFNZ this morning. Um, went on that SEC podcast on Monday. Also tomorrow, I'm actually jumping on tomorrow. Well, let me make sure I get the information correct here. I'm jumping on tomorrow morning with Southern Sports Central Radio. So they are a radio, online radio show. And tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, yours truly will jump on with the guys over at Southern Sports Central Radio Network to talk all things SEC Media Day is going to be a lot of fun. Let's jump back to the phone lines. Robbie Davis is actually Hall of Famer. Robbie, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm sitting poolside as we speak. Sitting poolside as we speak. Robbie, it feels good to be good, my friend. I hear you. But uh, I, I, I like everything. Obviously, it was very, I guess, in my opinion, everything Beamer said in the press conference yesterday was very vanilla, in my opinion. Now, did I like what I heard? Absolutely, I did, of course. And I think it might take some time to get some 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 very good defensive line players that can help us right from the get-go. But I'm really curious to see Again, like I've said before, how Robinson does his first year at Carolina. Mm -hmm. Because, like I've said also, he's been on the teams when we've had really good um, teams. He was on the 20, I think it was 2011 and 2010, if I remember correctly. And we had some pretty good defensive linemen in those, in those years. So I'm really excited to see how it goes. And it's not going to be fixed overnight, okay? Obviously, we know that, right? The defensive line and the offensive line is not going to be fixed overnight. It's going to take some time. But the two things I'll be watching very closely, actually three things, three things. The offensive line, the defensive line, and and I'm curious to see how Joyner does at running back Mm -hmm. this coming season. Because yeah. he just keeps getting bigger. Yeah. 
he'll be. I think he'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I I think no matter what happens, I don't care what we hear in preseason, fall camp, or whatever. And I mean, that's great, but it, it's a question mark. I, I just because <laughs> what I come back to is this, and I've had right. this conversation over the last couple of days. I mean, dude, I, I was asked literally this morning by the guys over at WFNZ. They said, "Is is the Carryon Joiner going to be the starting running back?" And I, I said, "I think he's going to be." RB1, when that ball kicks off in Charlotte, North Carolina, I think you're going to see the carry-on joiner run out there and be RB1. I, I just wonder what it's going to look like, right? Because I know he's an right. athlete. I, I get that. We all know he's an athlete. Mm-hmm. Does he have vision? Mm-hmm. Does he have, you know, elusiveness? Does he have what you need yeah, to be? Because because if it's that easy to be a running back, then what's the big deal? Anybody could play running back. Like, we're, you, you cannot approach it that right. way. Like, the bottom line is, and the reality is, you're asking a receiver to play running back. And so I, I just mm-hmm. – I say that. I'm just wondering what it's going to look like, right? Like, is it going to be a situation where DeCaron Joyner is getting 15 to 20 carries a game? Is, is, is that what we're doing? Is it going to be a situation where, you know, it's going to be very rare you see a running back take more than two consecutive handoffs? Is it going to be a situation where mm-hmm. Carolina's throwing it 75% of the time? So who's playing running back is sort of just right. kind of to be a decoy anyways. Like, the running game as a whole – is a question. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, even if Marshawn Lloyd had that, that, maybe that's the point that we're missing. Even if Marshawn Lloyd had came back, the running game would be a question mark because even when South Carolina mm-hmm. has had a actual running back back there, it hasn't flourished. It hasn't worked. So like now all of a sudden you're going to put a guy back there. Who's not a running right. back. Maybe the bigger question is right. the offensive line and opening holes because, but I, I, I think of it this way. Like, when you have an offensive line like South Carolina does, you're, the attribute that I need a running back to have is vision because there's probably going to be right. a lot of plays that we line up and it's supposed to go to this hole, this gap, and that one ain't there. Maybe another one's there, though, but right. you got to be able to hit the hole like that. And it's just – so we're not going to find right. out if the carry-on joiner has – I know he's an athlete. We all know that. But, again, even mm-hmm. if Marshawn Lloyd had returned – the running game would be a question mark. There's just no doubt in my mind. So there are more questions. The questions around the running game center more so around not just RB1, although that's a very, very big deal. Because, again, I wonder, is it more of a running back by committee? Is is it – are they really going to sell out on the carry-on joiner? Does Dontavious Braswell step up and take right. bulk of carries? Mario Anderson, Juju McDowell. I mean, we have no idea. So uh, the, the running game as also, a whole, a massive really- question mark. Right, and also, can he handle getting getting, like you said, can he handle fifteen to twenty carries a game? Can he handle that? Can he handle getting hit every single play? Can he can his body, with 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 the weight that he's put on, can he handle getting hit that much? Mm-hmm. We don't know. I mean, yeah, know well, and I think that's why he's putting on that. I think that's why he's putting on that weight. And I I don't necessarily worry about. It. I think Dak Joyner's a tough guy, but I see somebody in the comments saying that you know. Uh, he, he, he was a running or he ran the ball and he ran the ball a lot in high school. Like, bro, it has been five years since that man's yeah. been in high school or six years. Like that doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? But again, maybe that's yeah. more. So I go back to this point. Maybe that's more so what we should be talking about because, and it's something we're yeah. going to discuss. We all want to focus on who's RB one. Is it going to be to carry on Joyner? What type yeah. of season can he have? Can he be a running back? But the offensive yeah. line that's the question because even if Marshawn Lloyd's back, the running game's a question because even last year and two years ago, when you had right. actual running backs running the football, yeah. you still couldn't run the ball. So 
Can the offensive yeah. line open holes on a consistent basis? That's the bigger question. And two things before two things before I get out of here. One, tomorrow is my nephew's birthday. He'll be he'll be five. So shout out to him. And Alyssa Rogers sent me a picture of her at the Roebuck Zaxby's on uh, on the seventeenth. Wow, that's awesome, Robbie. Love that. Love that. Shout out to Roebuck. So, uh, so uh, I told her I was like, "Well, you should. If there's anybody in there, if they ask them if they know me, if they say they do, just tell them you know me." But um, but yeah, she sent me that picture, and uh, as of tomorrow, my nephew will be five. Holy crap, he's getting big. Wow. But um, but uh, yeah. He, I, I just think you know, at the end of the day, whoever's going to be on the starting eleven, that's who they think is best at that point in time. Like they're the, they're the best players that we have right now, so that's who we got going out there. So regardless of who goes out there at, at, at RB one, I'm going to be like, all right, let's do this. It's time to bag them, put toe to leather and see where this goes. Mm-hmm. Indeed, man. Going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Going to be interesting to see when it kicks off in uh, just 43 days. Robbie Davis, appreciate you calling in, my man. Always a pleasure to chat with you. You too, buddy. I'm glad you got back safe. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate you. Take care. Great stuff from Robbie Davis. And again, guys, like I mentioned, I mean, hey, I, nobody nobody here is doubting that DeCarrion Joyner is an athlete. Nobody's doubting that. DeCarrion Joyner is, this is how I would describe DeCarrion Joyner. And I was talking about this this morning, that there are folk heroes in college football, right? Guys that they're not going to be remembered when you tell the story in college football history. They're not going to be remembered for being all SEC or all Americans or, or what have you. But guys that embody what it means to be a Gamecock, a Razorback, a Bulldog, a Tiger, whatever school it is. And to Kevrion Joyner, he is that folk hero for South Carolina, man. He reminds me a lot. You know what? I was thinking about this last night, who to Kevrion Joyner reminds me of. And in the way that, this guy, I feel like, that I'm about to compare him to is also a folk hero. And remember to such, Ryan Brewer. He reminds me a lot of a Ryan Brewer. In a sense of like, you know, Ryan Brewer wasn't some All-American. He didn't lead the Gamecocks to a national championship. He, 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 you know, but that's a name. When I say Ryan Brewer, you think very fondly of it. You think very fondly of... of what Ryan Brewer did at South Carolina. Of course, the, hey, ironically enough, the Outback Bowl comes to mind, right? So, DeCarrion Joyner, his legacy, which it's already cemented, he's remembered in that way. He's remembered as a folk hero. And that, and you know what? That's, that's if you can leave your school in that manner, man, that's, that's a beautiful thing, truly. Being beloved by your university, beloved by your fans. I don't think there's a Gamecock fan out there that would say a negative word about DeCarrion Joyner as a, as a Gamecock. Now, folks are going to have their opinions on him as a running back, but, you know, um, he's a folk hero in Gamecock football history, for sure. Uh, let's get back into your questions via YouTube. Let me go back to the top here. Had a lot of questions we did not get to. Uh, Will Hall, are you allowed to talk about your votes or no? Yeah, Will, I mean, I, I literally dropped my... My predicted order of finish yesterday. So, yeah, you can absolutely talk about your votes, no doubt. Absolutely. 
Um, let's see. Brian Dean, if our O-line is decent, Spencer Rattler will have a monster season. If the O-line is decent and he can make better decisions, I, I think absolutely. Absolutely for sure. Mm-mm-mm. Let's see. Lane had a bad hair day. I hear you. Like I said, he looked like he tied one on last night or two nights ago It's uh, at Broadway. Brian Dean, I look for a power struggle between Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino. That was interesting. It was so early in the week, right? We kind of forgot it happened. But Jimbo Fisher talking about Bobby Petrino and the play calling and not really giving a clear-cut answer on who's going to call the plays when he could have just used that moment to just squash it all and say, hey, we hired Bobby for a reason, going to hire the plays, done. And instead, he gives this vague answer of, well, you know, going in all this coach speak, whatever. And you just create more questions. So that's going to be interesting. They've got enough talent. Texas A&M's got enough talent to go at minimum nine and three. They really do. They really do. And, and, you know, we'll see what happens. But they've got tons of talent. Tons of talent. Mm -mm -mm. Let's see. Todd Smith. What's going on, man? Appreciate it. Spur Daddy says, great job covering SEC Media Days in Nashville. Chris, keep it up, man. Thank you, Spur Daddy. I appreciate that. Had a blast, man. Had a blast. Grateful for the opportunity. Uh, Frank says, the official bird of Nashville is the crane. Yeah. Dude, it was, the amount of construction was crazy. Crazy. Mm-mm-mm. Breakin says, Beamer's face. What, that, that? That's going to make for a great clip later, what, uh, what my guy Austin was talking about, Shane Beamer. It's, <laughs> I mean, he was, he was wild. That, those comments were wild. Those comments from Austin were nuts. <clears throat> Let's see. Keeping it rolling here. B. Hughes asked again, how was media day? It was, it was incredible. It was incredible, man. Mary and R26, Chris, like JB said, you did an awesome job, bro. Hey, Mary and R26, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'd, I appreciate the kind words from, uh, you know, JB and JC and Phil and those on Inside the Gamecocks, and that was really cool. That, that, that was really, really cool. B. Hughes, is it was cool seeing you on SEC Network uh, asking Beamer a question. That was, yeah, that, that was a really special moment. It really was. It was, a, it was a special moment for a multitude of reasons, but it was really cool, man. It, it was dope, and I appreciate Coach Beamer answering the question the way he did, and, uh, again, just grateful for the opportunity, man. Truly, it was awesome. Uh, Hayden Yu says, Vandy got five votes for first place. What kind of narcotics are these voters on? I have no idea. All I can tell you is that uh, it wasn't me. (laughs) Like Shaggy once said, it wasn't me. I did not do it. Uh, Let's see. What did I just do? Okay. Anyways, Lady Bree says, I've seen at least two predictions lately that pick South Carolina to finish second in the East. One had us 11 and one. How about that? Hayden says, I'm not really feeling high on Ole Miss, not to mention Kiffin whining about how college football was not in the best place over that conversation. Yeah, he said it was a disaster, by the way. He said it was a disaster. Lady Bree TV says, Kentucky's going to go back down. They were the biggest beneficiary of Muschamp take, tanking two East programs. You know, Lady Bree, they might. I mean, I, I think for, for sure if, if Kentucky – you know, if they go five and seven, six and six this year, I mean, I think you could start to make the argument, okay, t- Kentucky is trending back down. I mean, it takes more than one season, Lady Bree. But, uh, 
you know, I, I think Kentucky, certainly, again, you could argue that they are trending down. I mean, if, if, if that type of season happens, no doubt, if they underachieve, then, yeah, I think there's great reason to believe that. Brian Dean, Shane Beamer's great because he can sell the program at media and sway those recruits that are on the fence back to South Carolina's side. Mm-mm. Let's see. Ryan Dean, I'm interested to see the O-line player that transferred from Yale. Yeah, Nick Gargiulo, who will probably start at one of the guard positions. I mean, they're going to be dependent on him, man. I mean, you think about it, dude. Nick Gargiulo from Yale. Jackson Hughes from, I believe, Charlotte. The kid from Mercer. The kid from Sydney Fugar from Western Illinois. You're going to be dependent on those guys. I mean, it's for for depth or to start or whatever. So, um, I, I, I don't know, man. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And I mean, you know, on one hand, and I appreciate the question, Brian Dean, but on one hand, I feel like we're talking so much about the offensive line and the offensive line questions are so great and the expectations for the offensive line, they're so low that, I, you know, I guess it wouldn't really surprise me if the offensive line wasn't better than people are expecting because the expectations are, like, at the bottom. At the same time, like, I, I, I think the question marks are real, guys. I, I think the question marks of the offensive line are absolutely real. I, I do. Lady Breeze's I will say, all chatter is that the O-line is better than it was last year. I guess I ask you this, Lady Bree, what makes you so sure? Do you feel like that is it addition by subtraction? Do you think that a couple of those starters last year weren't very good? I guess I'd have to ask you that question. Because the way I see it, that could very, it could very well work out and that be the case, by the way, Lady Bree. It could very well be the case to where it is addition by subtraction. You had some guys that while they were experienced, doesn't mean they were great players. On the flip side, you you return 50 less starts than you did last season for an offensive line that already was not very good. And, and to, the, to be fair, though, the offensive line improved greatly, right, from week one to week 13. It improved greatly. And I think the offensive line, guys, in week one, I think it's going to look a little bit better than it actually is. I, I do, because I, I just don't think UNC is going to have the bodies up front to – 
expose you. I, I just don't think they will. Now, I think when you play Georgia week three, I think we're going to find out just how far away we are in that regard. I, I, I do. I think Georgia's going to bully South Carolina. Maybe I'll see something to change my mind in the first couple of weeks, but I don't think so. Um, Lady Bree says, no, I said the O-line was a big question this year. I'm just hearing the chatter from the coaches and players. Okay, all right, I, I got you, I got you, I got you. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we all hope it's better. We all hope it's better for sure. Sunday night as the 2023 season simulation series gets underway. Going to be a ton of fun, guys. Cannot wait. It's always a blast to hang out with you all. And uh, we're giving you, by the way, even more football because normally we have done six-minute quarters. We are now moving that and adjusting that to eight-minute quarters. So these streams are going to go from being an hour to probably about an hour and a half, maybe a tick longer. But I'm hoping that the stat lines and the scores – that they might be a little bit more realistic, right, with more time in the game. So I'm looking forward to it, guys. We'll play North Carolina on Sunday night, FCS East, because Furman's not in the game. We'll do that Monday night. And then Tuesday night, we will do Georgia. And it'll be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday over the next, what, four weeks, right? We'll do Sunday, Monday, Tuesday over the next four weeks. It'll conclude middle of August or so. Um, we are taking a week off. In the second to last week in August, guys. So just be aware, um, the week before game week, yours truly is going to the great state of Montana to see some family. And I figured get one last big trip in before the season officially kicks off. Uh, I'll be going Sunday to Saturday of that week. So looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Really excited to see Montana. I've heard great things. And of course, guys, when we get back, uh, it'll be that Saturday. We're actually going to get back in town that Saturday before, before Vandy and Hawaii that night. So, I, cause I'm excited. I, I want to cut it on. I want to be a part of it. I want to check it out. want to check in. So we're doing it. We're going to see the family and, uh, going to be a good time, but I'll be excited to get back and get back after it with, uh, college football content, all that good stuff. Uh, yes, we're flying. Hey, now I, I would never drive that. Never would drive that. Uh, my guy, Tucker. What's going on, Rip? He says, love the simulations. Yeah, Tucker, they're a good time. They're a very good time, a lot of fun. Um, guys, I did want to mention and talk about really, really quickly because, of course, on the note of East, West, and Champion all announced the media's picks. Uh, Georgia and Alabama picked to win their respective divisions. Georgia picked as the SEC champion, which I don't think is really all that surprising. But, you know, we were talking earlier with Jake Crane about the SEC East and the SEC West is crazy, right? Because you look at Alabama, LSU, and then who knows after that. The SEC East is damn near the same way. I think we all agree, obviously. It's Georgia at the top of the SEC East. I think most folks are convinced Tennessee is the number two team. But guys, I could argue the East is even crazier than the West. Because... There are real reasons. You could give me real reasons why two through six could finish in any order. Tennessee, South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, Mizzou. Heck, you could give me reasons why Vanderbilt is not going to finish last in the SEC East. And I think it's a situation where, you know, you've got Georgia, Alabama, LSU at the top. Everybody else... You know, teams take offense when you say, well, why are you picking us to lose four or five games? Or what? 
these middle-of-the-pack teams, man, they're just going to beat up on each other, dude. I mean, it's going to lead to, you know, we talked about SEC media days, not a lot of crazy storylines coming out. It was sort of calm. I think that's the calm before the storm of what is the 2023 season in the SEC. I, I, I think it's going to be, I mean, we are going to have 50-50 games on a weekly basis. We're going to have games. We're going to have upsets that people don't see coming. It's going to be a tough season for a gambling perspective as well, trying to pick these games. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a really, really crazy season. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this thing shake out because, again, you could realistically give me reason. South Carolina is just like Kentucky, is just like Missouri, is just like Tennessee. Heck, is even just like Florida. You can give me reasons why they're going to win nine games. Heck, maybe even ten. You can also give me real reasons why they could win six. Dare I say even miss a bowl game. Like, th- there's reasons for every one of these squads. Every one of these teams has imperfections. Every one of these teams has deficiencies. Every one of these teams has inconsistencies. And that is going to make for a fascinating 2023 season. So I'm looking forward to it, man. Again, I've got the Gamecocks third. And you guys recall from my predicted order of finish with records, I've got South Carolina seven and five, four and four in the league, finishing third. I've got Kentucky in fourth at eight and four, but four and four, South Carolina with the tiebreaker. So, you know, I, I mean, the the media picked exactly as I did in the East. I, as I told Jake or talked with Jake, I, I'm surprised that the media picked South Carolina third because you guys know as well as I do, the media just doesn't normally give South Carolina the benefit of the doubt. So, Gamecock fans, says Cox win eight or nine? I hope you're right. He also asked, did Steve Fink talk to you? I wonder, do all fans know who Steve Fink is? I, I don't know that every fan, unless you're a diehard, knows who that is. Steve Fink, the SID for South Carolina. Uh, no, he did not talk to me, and we were never in a situation to talk to each other. I mean, we never – I saw them from a distance, but we never came within – 10 feet of each other. So, no, there were no conversations, and that was not the goal of the event. That was not the goal of the event yesterday. The goal was to cover the event exactly as I've been doing so, ask Shane Beamer a question, ask some players questions. The goal was not to have a conversation with an SID. I didn't talk to a single SID all week, and I wasn't going to talk to South Carolinas. Uh, let's see. David Barnes, does your family do any hunting in Montana? No, they don't do any hunting, but uh, hiking, skiing, winter sports, stuff like that. So, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I've never been. I've never been, actually. So, uh, David Barnes, UNC, or excuse me, uni combo prediction for the UNC game for both teams. I'd like all Carolina blue against black, garnet, garnet, or all garnet. Yeah, David, I, th- I think like a color rush type of matchup would be really, really cool. I'd, I'd like to see that. Here we go. Spider-Man 3001. Would you rather go 7-5 and five with a win against Clemsucks or 9-3 and three but get beat by Clemsucks? Okay, so let, let, let's, let's paint those two scenarios out. 7-5 and five with a win against Clemsucks. So you're going 4-0 and oh in non-conference. So you're going 3-5 and five in SEC play. Or you can go 9-3 and three and lose to Clemson. So you're going three and one in your non-conference. You are going six and two in SEC play. You're having a really good season. So your two SEC losses are probably to Georgia and 
what, we'll say Tennessee, but you're beating Texas A&M, or let's say it's the Texas A&M. You're beating Tennessee, you're beating Kentucky, you're beating Missouri. You know, I, I think there's an argument to both. I think there's an argument to both, and, and you really put me on the spot here, Spider-Man, because I, 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 I can reason both. I can reason both outcomes why one's better than the other, because on one hand, if you're not winning the SEC East anyways, well, beating Clemson is just such a shot in the arm for your fan base, your program, it just so many reasons. But then again, you go nine and three, even if you lose to Clemson, guys, you go nine and three, like this program is on the up and up. So I think in that scenario, Spider-Man, I think I'd have to take nine and three with the loss to Clemson. I, I, I do, just because when we're talking about when we're talking about ascending as a program, bro, the wonders that a nine and three season with a chance to get a 10 in a bowl game, that would just do wonders for your program. I mean, it really, really would. So let's see here. From Alumni Hall. Love that. Okay. We got the trolls coming in with the troll calls. Thank you. I guess anytime it's a Clemson number, I'm just going to have to ignore it. So, anyways, uh, let's see. Spur Daddy says, I say we go eight and four and four and four of the SEC. That's very fair. That's very fair. Lady Bree TV, not sure if you answer my question about it. Will you be at the pressers now? No, no. Uh, number one, Lady Bree, I, I live in Greenville. I'm not even in Columbia. So that would be a quite a long drive to simply just go to a press conference. Number two, listen, Lady Bree, just because I got credentials to SEC Media Days, I mean, think about this. I never had credentials to anything, ever. I couldn't even talk to Shane Beamer. Couldn't even do a Zoom interview with Shane Beamer. SEC Media Days was the first thing I ever had credentials to. So I don't think because of this, all of a sudden South Carolina and those guys are going to, you know, be like, oh, come on in, man. We can't wait to have you. And, you know, I, I'll just say this. If I'm speaking for them, maybe that's not the case. Maybe maybe I'm misreading the situation and Steve Fink and, and Justin King and those behind the scenes, maybe, maybe they – Maybe they've changed their tune and they think, you know, positively on South or excuse me, on the Spurs up show, but I find that hard to believe. I, I do. I mean, I I heard a rumor that Steve Fink was pissed off that we got credentials to SEC Media Day. So I'll tell you this, Lady Bree, I don't go where I'm not invited. And until South Carolina reaches out and they say, Hey, we'd love to have you. Please come out. We, you know, until they reach out, I'm I'm not doing it. So I'm not going to go where I'm not invited, and that's how I'm that's how I'm wired. It's not going to stop me from doing what I want to do. And uh, you know, I, I I'd be lying to you if I said that wasn't the, one of the things about asking Shane Beamer a question at SEC Media Days. That you know, listen, I I know our greatest opposition has come from within. I know our greatest opposition has come from the very thing that we cover. And you know, if if Steve Fink had had the final say, I don't think we would have been at SEC Media Days. So to go over him and around him and get the credentials and get the opportunity to make it happen anyways, can ask Shane Beamer a question. I'd, I'd be lying to you if I told you that didn't make that moment even that much sweeter. I'd be totally lying to you. So, But no, Lady Bree, we will not be at the press conferences. Again, unless USC reaches. And with that being said, the Steve Fink hackers got into the stream, but unless South Carolina reaches out to me, and invites me, I, I'm not I'm not applying to any credential for any South Carolina event ever. 
So that's bottom line. So it is what it is. Um, yeah, the, the Steve Fink, uh, the Steve Fink hackers. Gamecock fan to the SEC invites you to media days. Uh, they don't really invite anybody, Gamecock fan. You have to apply. Nobody, nobody gets invited necessarily. I mean, maybe some do, but uh, as far as I know, it's a yearly process where you have to apply for credentials. So I applied for it, but I'm just saying that uh, you know I've applied with South Carolina before and been denied many a time. I've I've asked them simply for an interview with with Beamer and denied many times, and they've gone out of their way to make sure they know that they think negatively of me. So. Uh, I think I kind of know where we stand with that. Let's get back to the phone lines here. Call from Peyton. Peyton, what's going on, man? How are you? Good about yourself, Chris. I'm doing fantastic, man. I appreciate you asking. What's going on? Uh, not much. Just uh, calling in to chit chat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been, been a minute since I called in. I called in last Thursday. I was up in Kentucky. Made made it back. The great state of South Carolina, and you did as well. Your SEC media trip to Nashville. I want to congratulate you on that again, man. I'm, that's, that's that's really awesome. I loved all the content, man. Um, your question to Beamer that was that was brilliant. I, I loved it. Um, just how what was that like, man? Talking to talking to old Coach Beamer up there, man. I'm sure that was really special. Yeah, Peyton. First things first, man. I'm glad you made it back from Kentucky, and I appreciate the kind words. Uh, I mean, it's cool. You know, it's cool. It's cool being able to, you know, because we've all got questions and, and, and you know, things we, we're curious about learning about the football team and the football program. And so having that opportunity to to voice that and to ask him directly, uh, you know, it was a cool thing. I mean, it was a cool moment. And um, so it, it's a neat thing for sure. You know, I, I will say I think that it helped me a lot that, you know, I got there on Sunday afternoon and I asked five coaches questions before Shane Beamer. So, you know, admittedly on Monday when I asked Brian Kelly a question, that was my first first time asking a question at SEC Media Days. I, you know, my my heart was pounding, man. My heart was racing a 1,000 miles an hour. And even the next day, you know, when I asked Clark Lee and Zach Arnett questions, felt the same way. But, uh, you know, by the time I got to Wednesday and then on Thursday, you know, it was – I mean, it, it was – my heart was still pounding for sure. But uh, it was kind of one of those things I'd already done it. But, no, I mean, to have the opportunity to ask Shane a question, it was it was cool, man. But I'll say this, it felt right. And it felt like uh, the entire week what was really cool was I, I felt like and knew that we belonged. I, I knew we belonged there. There was no, you know, we were out of our element, whatever. Like, we absolutely belonged. And, um, you know, we belong in that space, having the opportunity. We deserve the opportunity to ask Shane Bieber a question. And I'm just glad that that finally came to, uh, you know, came, came to reality. Yeah, and uh, let me say this, man. I, I watched your, your Brian Kelly question, and I, I got to say, I couldn't tell you're nervous a bit. You look like you've been doing it all your life. And uh, the all the content, man, your, your conversation with uh, with uh, KJ Jefferson, uh, I, I think it was really it was really awesome to uh, be able to get uh, a new a better perspective about who Trey Knox is as a player and as a leader. I think he's going to help us out. Now, mm-hmm. I didn't have that perspective. Because uh, I didn't help, man. I didn't know a lot about Trey Knox. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I, I, after hearing what he had to say, you know, I, I got a better perspective on him. I think he's going to help us out a lot, and off the field and off the field, I think he's going to bring our guys closer together on offense, and hopefully, hopefully, try to help hold that offensive line down a little bit. Maybe serving as a as a as an edge protector, mm-hmm. you know, kind of kind of role, and sort of help his help these guys out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think. 
your your overall content from from last week was just perfect, man. It was awesome. I appreciate it, man. It, it was very cool to uh, you know talk to a guy like KJ Jefferson, who I ranked number one in the SEC as best quarterback going into yeah. this season, and to talk to him, to talk to you know guys from Kentucky and Florida, and, and hey, talk to Rocket Sanders. You know, I actually did, I didn't even post his response because it was about a ten second response, but. I asked Rocket Sanders the same question, and uh, he had high high praise for for Trey Knox. But you know, Rocket Sanders is a guy I think you'd argue he's the best running back in the SEC coming in the season. So, you know, getting to talk to those guys, man, it was it was really really cool. Got to talk to a linebacker from Vandy. Got to talk to Landon. Uh, uh, God, what is his last name? Landon Jackson from Arkansas. Excuse me, the the transfer defensive lineman that came over from LSU a couple of years ago. Um, it's just really neat, man. You know, and, and it's about the student athletes. That's what that's what SEC Media Days is all about. Um, highlighting them, their great accomplishments, what they've done, and that's really what the week is about. But uh, yeah, getting to talk to the to the players and the coaches, and you know, I, I think honestly, man, one of the things that really prepared me for that moment to flourish, to thrive is, I mean, bro, think about all the interviews we've done. Think about all the guys we've had on the show. Think about the coaches. Think about the players. Think about the media personalities. Like this isn't something where. You know, I've, yeah. I've never talked to anybody yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, with all due respect, like, I think Shane, Shane Beamer is the best and everything. But I've I've talked to coaches. I mean, I've talked to the greatest Gamecocks in school history. You know what I mean? So, um, but it was a very cool thing for sure. And I, I loved every second of it. I'm grateful for it. And, you know, looking forward to uh, doing it again next year in Dallas. Yeah, man, for sure. That's, um, that, it's, it's, it's always so cool to know that you're, that you're, your hometown, or not, not necessarily your hometown, but your favorite team being represented through uh, through a guy that, you know, you love his content and you feel like you can relate to him. And you sort of feel like you're there in, in spirit, obviously, as, as a diehard fan. And it's, it's, it's all the content's great. I mm-hmm. just, this, this time of year, all season, is, it's, always, it's always fun. But it's, it's, me and you both agree, it's never quite as fun as when, when the shit's live. Mm-hmm. So, um. Yeah, it's it's just, it's it's really cool, man. It's absolutely awesome. I, I loved every minute of it. I appreciate it, man, Peyton. Truly, it means a lot for you to say that, and I, I'm I'm glad you guys enjoyed the content. Yeah, man. Um, just uh, so so to talk a little bit about the season. Uh, what are you? Uh, what are you? There's some of the teams that you talked to, some of the coaches. Do you have a new perspective on how you think the season's going to play out? Do you think we're going to perform? better or worse or any any difference in, in how you feel going into this season? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think it's a really dangerous thing to leave SEC Media Days and just because of what a coach says to radically change your 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 predictions, if you will, or order a finish or what have you. Um, you know, especially, I, I'll tell you this from what Shane Beamer mentioned, I, I don't think my outlook on the season necessarily changes all that much at all. I think the big thing that I learned or what he reinforced that I thought, but to hear him say it was we're going to be depending on a lot of youngsters and a lot of new guys to step up and step into big-time roles. I mean, yes, you have Spencer and Juice back. Um, you got Nick Carrion Joyner back. And on the defensive side, you have Nicky Mawari back. But, I mean, bro, at every position offensively and all three levels defensively, like there are new guys that you are banking on making big-time yeah. impacts. Like if you're going to overachieve again – a lot of those guys. You're going to have, have to have a lot of guys step up that, again, are either true freshmen or transfer portal guys, which, I mean, that's the reality of college football. Like, with the way the transfer portal is now, man, your, your, your roster is going to probably be like a third new every single year. It just is what it is. Yeah. So, 
Um, just to hear him say that, though, and then, of course, talk on to Kerryon Joyner and, you know, the running back position and, and his outlook for him. And, you know, he, he reinforced a lot of the things I expect him to talk about. You know, I, I'll say this. I mentioned it earlier in the show. I, I left media days feeling better about uh, Kentucky for whatever reason. I just listening to Mark Stoops. It's you really start to sit down and break it down and dissect it and think about what they've got coming back and what they added. And, um, you know, yeah. Mark Stoops, the guy that really impressed me. And I think Kentucky might have a little bit better of a season than maybe I anticipated. I mean, I, I did pick them to have eight wins. So I don't know if, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to say they're going to be a nine win team, but I think Kentucky is going to kind of get back to being Kentucky of what we've seen under Mark Stoops. Um, I mean, outside of that, man, I, you know, nothing crazy. Kirby's obviously very confident. Brian Kelly's confident. Uh, Nick Saban seemed actually kind of lax and relaxed, which is something I didn't really expect. But, you know, I think all these coaches, I mean, really, truly, man, there weren't a lot of coaches that I left when they left the podium. I said, man, they, their team's just not going to be very good. Like, they're, they're, they're down on their team. I think a lot of these coaches feel really, really good about their teams. And, and that's, that's, again, what's going to make it so interesting is there are a lot of teams that feel really, really good about their prospects of this season. But you know as well as I do, yeah. as everybody else knows, not everybody's going to overachieve this year, man. Like, somebody's going to have a bad season. I don't know who it's going to be. Might be right. It might be South Carolina. Might be Missouri. Might be Florida. Might be Tennessee. But not everybody's going to go 9-3. and three. Not everybody's going to go 8-4. and four. It's That's just right. mathematically impossible. Like, somebody has to lose games. And you just hope that your team isn't that one, right? So – um, and that's the case for if you're not Georgia, Bama, or LSU. That that's the case for everybody else. When you have the rosters that Georgia, Bama, and LSU have, you're, you're the margin for error, or you're not. You know, your your spray chart isn't quite as wide, right? You can you can miss a little bit farther. Or you're not missing quite as far as some of these other teams, right? Like there's not as much a disparity between when you play your A plus game and you play your C game. When you're a team like South Carolina, Kentucky, Mizzou, Florida, etc. You play your C game, you can lose to anybody. You play your A game, you can beat anybody. And that leads to just flat-out chaos. And I think that's what we're going to get this season. Yeah, it's, it's going to be hot, heavy, full force. It's, it's going to be awesome, man. It's, and this is, uh, this is the last season for, for true divisional SEC play. And it's, it's, it's going to be one for the books, I feel like. Yeah, the, on, the um, only – listen, the only – the only certainty in this season is uncertainty. The only consistency in this season is inconsistency. I mean, that, that's it. I mean, it, this is going to be a, in my opinion, typical Gamecock football roller coaster ride type of season because I think you'd be, with all that being said, when you have a team like that who, a South Carolina specifically, when they play their A plus game, they could drop 63 on Tennessee. They play their, their C minus or their F game or whatever, they get held without a touchdown an offensive touchdown against a team like Florida who wasn't very good. So, I mean, that is such a wide range of potential outcomes. I, who knows? Who yeah. knows? And um, and uh, to talk a little bit more about uh, all the freshmen and all the young guys are going to be having in, uh, in crucial positions and playing valuable minutes for us, um, they're, they're not all going to be Nick Eamon Warriors. They're, they're not. And um, But hopefully they're not, they're not going to pose these, these huge threats and I, I, I really hope that they don't put these massive holes in our game plan and, and, and teams specifically targeting certain players. And I, I hope that, uh, that we can prevent from getting exploited week in and week out through, uh, through our young positions. Mm -hmm. So they're not all going to be Nick even Warrior, but mm -hmm. 
we can hope, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, that that's something that I think a lot of folks aren't talking about because Torian Gray just just gets the benefit of the doubt, which he should, right? But in a couple of weeks when we dive into which it's actually going to be pretty soon and because of we, we've moved some things around. I don't think it's next week, but I think the following is – and it might actually be next week. i got to look. But in the next week or two, we're going to get into position unit previews, right? And so we're going to talk about each of these position units. And for the secondary, that's – I mean, that's a big question mark going in the season that not a lot of folks are talking about. That I mean, you're playing high-flying passing offenses like UNC – you know, Georgia's yeah. going to throw it all over the yard, although they probably won't have to. But Mississippi State, Tennessee, yeah. your secondary better be ready. I, I tell you that right now. Your secondary better be ready to go, or your pass rush better be elite. Because, you know, if Marcellus died on Dead of Fortune, they're not ready to lock it down in the corners. I mean, it could get a little sideways. You know what I mean? So, that's a big storyline, too. But the storylines, man, honestly, are what make it fun. I mean, the uncertainties are what make it fun. The question marks are what make it fun. Yeah. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about this team in the first four or five weeks of the season. That's right, man. Well, um, well, I'll, I'll uh, I won't take up too much more time on this on this lovely show here. And um, like I said, I'm glad you made it back from SEC Media Day. I'll call in more next week. I'm looking forward to the to the simulation content. That's gonna be fun. Um, yeah, man. Go. Uh, thank you, Spurs Up Show, man. Go Cox. Appreciate it, Chris. Peyton, you're the man. I appreciate it. Go Cox. Great stuff from Peyton, as always. Guys, we're just going to keep it rolling. You know, I, I don't think we're going to take a break right now. I'm actually really enjoying the conversation. I have not gotten to chat with you guys all week long, so um, I want to keep it moving. I, I will say this, by the way, in closing on the on some of the other stuff. You know, Lady Bree says, you're a controversial guy, but we need someone in the pressers that will not just ask the easy questions. Lady Bree, like, to your point, and let me just say this, because – I interacted with Mike Mike Yuva at SEC Media Days. I interacted with Ben Portnoy at SEC Media Days. Said what's up to Colin Taylor. Like, I have no issues with anybody in the South Carolina media. Admittedly, early on in my career, I was rough around the edges. I had a chip on my shoulder. I was fueled by ego. I was fueled by negative emotions. I have grown exponentially since then. That was necessary for my growth to go through that. I look back and say, I'm glad I've learned lessons to where I'm not fueled by those things, right? Because my end goal is to not have some, you know, to have some, to have spats with the, with the, with the media, the traditional media, if you will, or, or have back and forth. Like, I respect the job they do. I think they do a great job. They do a great job covering the Gamecocks. And they're just, they're just guys waking up, you know, doing their jobs. You know what I mean? Like, these are their jobs. It's their livelihood. They're going to SEC media days. They're going to pressers. Like, there's no quite the opposite. I mean, I, I think that even if those guys maybe don't they don't love the way that I go about things, I, I think there's a mutual respect for sure um, because of the way they cover the team, the way I cover the team, what have you. So I will say this: like when people say, you know, I, I think a couple of years ago, labeling me as like the controversial guy would have applied. Like now, though, I got to be honest, Lady Bree. Now I'm just like. Like, when I see people freak out on social media, I'm just kind of like, I don't even know what people are getting upset about. Like, I I feel like we talk ball here, which is what I love to do. I, I don't love to get in social media spats. I don't love to to go back and forth to people. I don't love to – like, I'm not here for the drama. I just want to talk ball. You know what I mean? Like, the football field and the actual games themselves and SEC baseball and basketball and the Gamecocks, those things all provide enough drama without – you know, bringing social media drama to the forefront, right? Like, and to be honest, guys, outside of the 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 Gamecock sphere, if you will, like, you know, it's so funny to me, and, I, and I'll say this, and I don't even mean this disrespectfully, but like, this is just honest feedback. 
Gamecock Twitter thinks that everything that happens in the Gamecock Gamecock Twitter community, that community, y'all know what I'm talking about. They think it's like the most important thing, dude. Like this is this is such a big deal, and it's like that's what I'm saying. Like you go to an event like SEC Media Days, and you're talking to these national guys and people that cover other teams and make content for the teams. And you're like, bro, that stuff that we worry about on a day in day out basis, it is so meaningless. Like it is just, it is so meaningless. Like it really is. It really, really is. So, anyways, more on that in a second. Let's get out of the lines. Dave Garrett. Dave, what's going on, my man? How are you? I'm doing excellent. Um, glad you made it back, okay? Um, just curious, were you wearing shades when you asked Stoops your question? <laughs> I was not. Yeah, I, I thought about it. I joked after with somebody. Oh. I should have I should have asked uh, Mark Stoops what his favorite brand of sunglasses are. Um, but no, I, I, uh, I did not do that. I kept it as professional as possible. Um, but you do notice that there was no, I, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm just saying that there's a, there was no, there were no dramatics like that at SEC media days this year. I guess everybody kind of learned their lesson. I don't know. Right. Um, the, the reason why I called in, um, I don't know the player that he was talking about. But I think the mo- one of the most telling things that I took away from it was when talking about Travian Robertson, mm-hmm. he said the player came to him and said, you got the right one. We're better already. Yeah. So, Dude, I mean, I, Tonka Hemingway, um, I when think- I, Tonka Hemingway, when I, not to cut you off, but Tonka Hemingway, when I asked him about him, I mean, a big smile came to his face and he seemed, you know, really, really excited as well. So, I'll let you continue, but yeah, it was it was echoed from Hemingway also. And I mean, I'm I'm excited because, um, you know, because he's the offshoot from Brad Lawton, mm-hmm. and um, but I thought that com that one comment, uh, and people seem to overlook it, but I think that one comment may tell a lot. The other thing is, I think Georgia will have a good team. But I think, and I'm not hating on him, I'm just stating the fact, Bobo will, will cause them not to be able to three-peat. Everybody's talking about what Georgia's got. Very few is talking about what Georgia lost. Mm-hmm. Their offensive coordinator was excellent. Mm-hmm. But I mean, have listen, a good weekend, my friend. Yeah. I'll see you soon. Dave, I appreciate the call, my friend. To, to piggyback off what Dave just said, now I'll say this about Georgia. Anytime you lose your OC, your starting quarterback, and both of your tackles, by the way, anytime you lose all of what I just mentioned, there should be question marks. And I know Gamecock fans love to take shots at Mike Bobo. We were talking about that actually at SEC Media Days early in the week. Let me just put it to you this way. Georgia scored 41.2 points per game a season ago. The last time Georgia had an offense that averaged more points per game. 2014. And who was the offensive coordinator? Mike Bobo. I'm just saying. Let's jump to the phone lines. Call from Rice Athletic Center. Rice Athletic Center. Love that. Thank you, whoever did that with the uh, the prank calls. Like, do people realize that I'm not going to answer those? Like, what's the point of that? But anyways, the last time that happened, Mike Bobo was OC. So, like, listen, I know that people love to just, just, just 
crap on Mike Bobo. And I get it. I get it. You know, I, I totally understand, but Jimmy's and Joe's, man. Jimmy's and Joe's. Even Hugh Freeze said it at SEC Media Days, guys. Having great players makes you a great play caller. Like, bottom line. I mean, I, I think that's what I've talked about this. We talk a lot about Dabble Loggins, and it's weird that some people think I just, oh, he he hates the Dabble Loggins hire. That's why he's not high on the Gamecocks, and I go pick Carolina to finish third in the SEC East. I, and I don't think picking Carolina, I mean, you, y'all can tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think picking South Carolina to go seven and five and four and four in the SEC is being down on South Carolina. I, I don't see that. I don't believe that. I really don't. Um, I think the Gamecocks are a middle-of-the-pack SEC team that's going to be inconsistent, and they could very well win eight games, like no doubt. They could also win six. Seven and five feels right to me. But what I think people are going to learn about Dowell Loggins is this. I think, number one, he's going to be an upgrade for Marcus Satterfield. There is no question. I think we're going to get to season's end. And I think, again, the plan's going to be improved. Dowell Loggins is going to be an upgrade. But people, when we get to the end of the season, are going to go, great, we upgraded the OC. We've got to fix the offensive line. We've got to continue to upgrade talent. Like that, I think that I think that is what's going to stand out. And I wonder, I wonder, will the Gamecock fan base more so blame Dabble Loggins? Because I, I just, guys, I don't think Carolina's averaging 40 points per game. Nobody thinks that. Nobody. I think if South Carolina averages over 30 points per game, that would be a, 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 an incredible season. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have seen these stats on social media. I mean, it blows my mind that South Carolina's highest scoring offense that was not a Steve Spurrier offense was in the history of Carolina football was a Marcus Satterfield offense. How is that possible? And he just got fired. How is that possible? So, I don't know, man. Uh, Let's see. Let's jump to the phone lines. Call from Lion's Den. I mean, (laughs) keep it coming. Keep it coming. Uh, let's see. Are there any, dude, I just, again, being around all of these national shows and everything, I'm like, I just, well, and and you know what I was about to say? I was like, are there any other shows out there that get prank callers? But now I understand why they don't because they're not, they've got like a soundboard. They're screening calls. I got to figure out that technology because I, we, that's, we got to figure that out before, before kickoff, because if we don't, the post-game call-in shows are going to be a mess. They're going to be a mess anyways, but if we don't have a way to screen these calls and, you know what I'm saying, organize this, then it could get very ugly, like for sure. Uh, Let's see. Brennan M., the game was different in 2014. I, I, I hear you. I hear you, man. I'm just making the point. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm just making the point. Uh, no, Gamecock fan, when the calls come in, they are just coming in through our Google voice line. That's it. So, I mean, it's, you know, I, I think we'll be able to make it happen and deal with it because, listen, the, the post-game call-in shows are just going to be run wild with it. Run wild with it. You know what I mean? Like, go ahead. The, the more, the merrier, the crazier. I mean, I think that's going to be one of the things that's going to draw people to the post-game call-in show is that it's really going to be unfiltered, unhinged. I mean, I, I'm fully expecting that people are going to call in, cussing me out, talking crap to me. Like, I, I'm expecting the worst to happen, right? The worst to happen. 
Um, Gamecock fan says, I know JC is your friend, but this collective stuff is getting out of hand. Throwing shots at the Garnet Trust is sad. He says that, he said that other collective. You know, Gamecock fan, I, listen, I, I can't speak to what JC or anybody else says about whatever collective. I did not hear that. I did not see that, whatever. Um, I don't think there's any sort of feud with with JC and and Garnet Trust or any other collective because, to your point, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. It, it wouldn't make a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know business owners can get in feuds and spats, but, like, they're both benefiting USC. So I don't really know what there is to even argue about. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what there is to spat about. So, I, you know, you'd have to take it up with JC on that. I have no idea. I'm not, I'm not close enough to it to, uh, to, to really speak on it. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Hayden says, I think the secondary will be ready. Thought they had a great game in the bowl game last year. Well, Hayden, a lot of young guys played in that bowl game, for sure. A lot of young guys that you'll be banking on, no doubt. Jeff Gulledge also liked the interview you on the Arkansas radio and podcast show. I appreciate that, Jeff. Yeah, those guys were awesome, man. Like I mentioned, my guy Ty Richardson over at ESPN Arkansas and John Neighbors with 103.7 The Buzz and Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Had a blast, man. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. So, let's see. Anyways, guys, uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Yes, the podcast. Subscribe to YouTube first. Uh, you're on YouTube right now. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell icon so you get notifications when we drop new video content. And of course, when TDC goes live. Um, also, the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you subscribe there. The way we operate is this. Noon to three every single day. Of course, we changed up the schedule this week because of SEC Mini Days. The podcast was co- the podcast. <laughs> was dropping every morning at 5 a.m. Eastern. Now, and of course, our normal schedule, we do TDC noon to 3, podcast drops, and all of the podcasts drop at 5 p.m. Eastern time every single day. It's the Spurs Up show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Let's jump to the phone lines here. Hi, this is Bradley. I have no idea who that was, so... Anyways, guys, uh, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much for the continued love and support. Uh, I have no clue what that was. Let's see. No clue. Anyways, guys, Friday. We're already going into the weekend. Um, Brendan M says, are you going to hire someone to screen callers? I don't know. I don't know, Brendan. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm just going to kind of look and see what technology is available. I mean, I, I'm, I'm more than happy to go with the way we've been going. I have no problem with that, no issue. But it would be nice to, you know. But then again, it's just one more thing for me to do and keep up with. And, you know, so maybe we'll just keep rocking how we've been uh, how we've been rocking. So, whatever. Anyways, guys, we have hit 3 o'clock. And thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Subscribe on YouTube. Check out the podcast. Stay tuned to all of our content. Of course, content bleeding out the eyeballs. And I'll say this, guys. One last thing on SEC Media Days. 
I genuinely, I had high expectations for the event. I genuinely do not think it could have gone better than it did. I, I mean, really, truly in all aspects from the great people I met, interacted with, to the content itself. I mean, content was incredible. Um, to interacting with coaches and players, to the way that we were treated, the, the, the media was treated, you know, everything in between. It, it was an incredible week and one that I will never forget. And looking forward to doing it more often. Uh, that's for sure. No doubt. So, guys, again, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Y'all have a great weekend. And we will talk to you all on Monday.